Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Ask Six Sports Cast here on KCR College Radio, San Diego's best AM and FM radio station. Today is Monday, September 19th. I'm Brevin Hunda, alongside my co-host, Andrew Vargas. How's it going, Andrew? Doing good. Doing good. How are yourself? Doing good. We got another week of Aztec Sports we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, the wipeout football game that we had this past weekend out in New Mexico. We're going to talk Padres baseball, a couple of newcomers um, out in Milwaukee today for the Padres. We're going to talk uh, football. Uh, we're going to make our NFL picks, and we're going to talk some baseball. So let's get underway with our Aztec Sports. Um, baseball just unveiled their 2020 schedule. This was about an hour ago. We will talk more about it next week, so stay tuned for that. Men's Golf, they are participating in the Husky Invitational today and tomorrow. This is hosted by the University of Washington. Um, the leader right now, um, it's Long Beach State. Uh, one of the players from Long Beach State, but the Aztecs are currently, um, last time I checked, they were at three under. Yep, they're three under right now, and they are tied for fifth. Um, as a team. Okay. Uh, volleyball, they're coming off a couple of wins this past weekend at the Grand Canyon Invitational that we mentioned last week. Um, they get going this week on Thursday against Long Beach State right here at Peterson Gym. This game first serve is at 6 o'clock, and they have a quick turnaround as they play Friday at University of San Diego beginning at 7 o'clock. All right, take it away, Andrew, with the rest of our sports. All right, thanks, Revan. So our men's soccer team will be on the road this week. They'll be going to um, the University of Washington, 10 p.m. on Thursday. On Sunday, they'll face the Oregon State Beavers at 2 p.m., and you can watch both of those games on the Pac-12 networks. And for our men's tennis, they'll be participating in the Wildcat Invitational on Tucson. It begins on Friday and ends on Sunday, first match of the year for, for the men's tennis team. And our Aztec football team will try to go four in a row. Uh, they'll be facing Utah State this Saturday at the SDCCU Stadium at 7.30 kickoff. Uh, the game will be televised on CBS Sports Network. Um, and the rate of frequencies will be broadcast on 10.5 KGP, KGP. Extra 1360 and Fox Sports IE 1350. And speaking of the Aztecs football game, um, as you mentioned, um, the Aztecs won a blowout game against New Mexico State 31 to 10. Yeah, it was the spread offense that just keeps getting in better. We saw like what happened at Weber State. We had no really offense. Yeah, going. just all field goals. Mm-hmm. Then we saw last week playing UCLA. Mm-hmm. The passing gets better, mm-hmm. and now this week. We get to start seeing the running game to go along with the passing game. You know, for example, you had two sophomore running backs, Jordan Bird and Chance Bell, each get career highs. Jordan Bird got 128 yards. Chance Bell got 116 yards. Um, and that's just the running game. And this was the 30th time, let's see, yeah, the 30th time in program history that SDSU has had multiple 100-yard rushers. And in those 30 games, they're 29-1. and one. You know, that's even when you had the the duo of Rashad Penny and Donnell Pumphrey each run 100 yards. Even sometimes last year when you had Jawan and Chase Jasmine and it, as the years go back. Yeah, it's a very impressive um, statistics that you just uh, read right now. And yeah, the two sophomore running backs, you know, got uh, over 100 plus uh, rushing yards. And that was very excellent. Um Although, even though uh, Ryan um, Agnew had a good game last week, um, this week um, he was a little bit uh, below in his, in his game this week. I mean, he threw up one touchdown and one interception, but I feel like he could have been a little bit more uh, better in that mm-hmm. game. But, you know, it, it's still September. There's still time to, you know, get better as the season goes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that interception, that was early on in the game. That was on the... First drive of the first drive of the mm-hmm. game for the Aztecs, mm-hmm. and you know I think it's just a matter of settling in and how fast you can settle in, especially for a QB like Ryan Agnew, and how you know how he can mobile around the defense of you know different teams. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned um, in our first show last week, that that Aztec defense is very um, severe. I mean, they created four turnovers, uh, capitalized on those turnovers to create some points. A uh, couple of the um, defensive uh, linemen uh, got 
got some very uh, pivotal key, uh, key, you know, turnovers and in, in to creating those points. Yeah, um, this week, like you said, the Aztecs they had four turnovers, uh, two fumbles, and two um, interceptions. Both fumbles were forced by senior, uh, not senior, sophomore cornerback Darren Hall. Uh, and then on the interception side, senior cornerback Luke Barku and senior linebacker Chiava Tizino, they each had an interception, and that's being able to read the quarterback's eyes to see where he's going to throw and then catch it and get some yards. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, um, the Aztecs had a good um, position of the game this, um, from last week, you know, 35 uh, minutes with four seconds compared to uh, New Mexico State's uh, time of possession of 22 minutes with 20 seconds. And um, the Aztecs improved uh, 34 and 5 when have the most time of possession mm-hmm. um, than it's their opponent. Yeah, and it helps to hold the ball for 35 out of the 60 minutes you have because mm-hmm. that means that's less chance that the other team has to get the football and score points, you know. And you think about what this team has been, how, how this program has been built over the past nine, ten years when Rocky Long's been the head coach. It's been defense, 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 along with hard smash mouth running game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen running backs go down the line from Adam Wema to now you've got Juwan Washington in a mix of two guys, Chance Bell and um, Jordan Bird that we've talked about. And surprisingly today, there was no there was no Juwan Washington that played on Saturday. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be um, available to play uh, against Utah State. So mm-hmm. we'll see on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the big question, especially knowing, I think, the volume of this game compared to the past three games. It's a conference game. It's mm-hmm. one of the, as Rocky Long said, one of the best teams in the conference. You know, they're a team that went 11-2 last year. And, you know, I think it's also how well, you know, both the defense can play, but how well the spread offense can do against a Mountain West opponent. Yeah, and um, transactioning to that, yeah, that opponent's going to be Utah State. Um, as you mentioned, they were 11-2 last year. Um you know, those two losses were against ranked opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was against um, Boise State, and the other one was against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And they had a good regular season, but the their ball was uh, that they played was in New Mexico's uh, the New Mexico ball, and they didn't win that game uh, last year for the for the Utah State. So it should be a very, uh, not going to say an easy win right away because you can never underestimate your opponent each and week. But I think it's going to be a very competitive and tight game for the Aztecs. And like I mentioned in my first show, I think the defense is going to help him um, win this game for the Aztecs. Yeah, I think the defense is something the Aztecs have really stressed upon, I think especially in terms of the turnovers. You know, when like we said last week, when Tariq Thompson was a freshman, the team had 27 turnovers. Mm-hmm. Last year, they only had 10 or something like that. It was low, way lower. They've already got seven. And I think def- the defense, especially those in the secondary and defensive line, they've really taken into account of how important um, turnovers are to get uh, Ryan Nagney the ball, to get... Uh, even if last year John Bear and this year's Matt Ariza, to get them to kick the ball and get points on the board. Mm-hmm. Another thing to watch for um, this game this Saturday uh, is um, Utah State's uh, quarterback, uh, Jordan Love. Uh, I mean, he's been good for the past uh, uh, year and a half or so. Last year he had 32 touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, had a complete percentage of 64%, and so far this year has a completing percentage of 70% uh, with 710 yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions. But um, this should be, uh, you know, they're going to be fresh, the Utah State uh, football team, since last week they got a bye. In the previous week, they hammered um, um, Stony Stony, uh, Brook uh, Seawolves. What was the score? It was 62, I believe. 
62, 62 to, to 7. Yeah. yeah, they just pounded that mm -hmm. team. And they should all watch out for Jordan um, Love, the Aztecs. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why I preach that the defense mm -hmm. is going to have a lot to work mm -hmm. um, this week. Utah State will not score 62 points this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a guarantee. I think it'll probably be in the low 20s, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We want to thank all of you for tuning in to Aztec Sportscast here on KCR College Radio, the award-winning Sound of State. We've talked about our Aztec sports in play this week, as well as our Aztec football team as they get ready to take on Utah State this Saturday um, at 7.30 um, at SDCCU Stadium. You can watch that game on CBS Sports Network. All right, let's talk some college football from around the country. We got three games, um, three Six ranked opponents playing against each other. Let's start looking at them. Uh, number 11, Michigan, heads to Wisconsin to take on number, the 13th ranked Badgers. This game's at Sat on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Again, at 9 a.m., you can watch that game on Fox. Big game to start um, college football that day. Yeah, I don't know about Michigan this year. I don't know if it's... Uh, I mean, they have a good offensive line, good defensive line, have good receivers... They're a very good um, team, Michigan, but I don't know if if the quarterback um, Patterson um, has it in him to win big pivotal games, and I think Wisconsin's gonna win um, mm -hmm. this game uh, just because they're gonna host Michigan at their own mm -hmm. home field and should be very loud. How much of you know? Last week we saw Michigan; they almost lose to Army in double overtime. How much is it that take into effect this yeah week. I, I think um jim harbaugh will have his um you know his team prepared but that's still gonna be a little bit back of your head like oh you just barely won against army um last week and double overtime so i don't know it might be a a very pivotal not pivotal but it should be a very important game for michigan but i don't think they're gonna win i think they might lose right away and this early in the um, conference, uh, what do you think about that game? I think Wisconsin's going to win. I mean, they haven't given a point up all year. Yeah, two back-to-back -back mm -hmm. shoutouts. They beat South Florida in South Florida 49-0, and then they beat Central Michigan 61-0. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think the chances are good to <laughs> yeah. get a win, especially if, you haven't, if your defense has played that well. Yeah, and um, not only that, but they're... Um, uh, Wisconsin's running game too. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got their uh, running back, um, Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. rushing so far 237 yards with five touchdowns and averaging um, 6.8 yards uh, per rush. So it's going to be a very big task for Michigan, but you and I agree that uh, Wisconsin will get a W. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to game number two where we've got um, number eight Auburn um, taking on number 17 Texas Tech. Or Texas A&M actually. Yes. This game is Saturday, beginning at twelve thirty p.m. Um, on CBS. I think this could be a good game. I think this might be, um, if not the game of the week. Um, you know, Auburn in the first game barely, you know, came back from the grave and beat um, Oregon. Uh, but this could be Texas A&M's um, home turf as well, since. Um, historically, it's been very difficult to hear at their own stadium and mm. in order to win, too. But mm. I think uh, Texas A&M uh, can't get a W against Auburn. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think also when you talk about college football playoff and how that brings into consideration even this early in the season, this is one of those marquee games to look at if you're in the aspect of Texas A&M. You know, you need these quality wins to not only move up in the rankings, but move up to have a spot and knock someone out like Auburn into that college football playoff conversation. And yeah, and um, despite that, uh, Texas A&M has one loss, of course, with the number one team ranked in the country mm -hmm. against Clemson. I mean, they've been pretty good so far early in this, uh, this college uh, football year. Uh, and the counterpoint, you know, Auburn only has that one Signature rent so far, and it's against Oregon. Yeah. And then for 
um, Auburn, you know, they're a team that's just going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. They're just going to mm-hmm. pound, pound, run the ball. Mm-hmm. And so Texas A&M, they got to figure out how they can stop the running game because if they're going to stop the running game, then they could, they're going to... They're going to win the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. All right, let's go to game number three where we got probably one of the two most underrated quarterbacks in all the college football going against each other. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame taking on Georgia. You got Ian Book of uh, the Fighting Irish going against Jake Fromm of the Bulldogs. Yeah, it should be a very, very good game, this one. You know, some team that's willing to go on the road. Um, <clears throat> Alabama. <laughs> that's how I say it. A team that's willing to go on the road. Um, and this is a non-conference game, so mm-hmm. that's a, another boost for both of these teams. Um uh, Either one, whoever wins, will have a very boost-up resume. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, you know, the two quarterbacks, uh, Buck for Notre Dame and for um, the Bulldogs, uh, form should be a very competitive uh, game. It's a matter of who has the better defense that's going to stop um, yep. the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Georgia, they only allow 7.7 points per game. Mm-hmm. And you have to, if you're Notre Dame, you have to figure out and try and how to get more than just a touchdown. Because a touchdown's not going to win you most games in college football. Unless you're the Aztecs and Weber State and you have two horrible offenses. Who do you think has a better coaching personnel? Uh, Kelly or uh, Kirby for um, Georgia? (laughs) Kelly for um, Notre Dame? I think maybe Notre Dame. Notre Dame? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Georgia this one. Just because since... I can see that. Georgia, since they've been pretty good Mm -hmm. in their... um, coaching staff and personnel for the past two years mm-hmm. i'm gonna lean a little mm-hmm. bit towards georgia i understand that and you've got the college football playoffs that georgia's played in as well mm-hmm. all right those are three games to look at last week we talked about national championship predictions today we're gonna talk heisman, heisman trophy predictions and andrew who do you think is up for the heisman this year i mean there's a lot of good college uh players this year i mean we go with Tua, uh, Tagovailoa, Ian Buck from Notre Dame, um, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, Trevor Lawrence, the list goes on and on. But if I had to predict one that will win the Heisman Trophy, I think it's going to go, I think it's going to go back to back to back um, Oklahoma Sooners. I think Jalen Hurts is going to win the Heisman Trophy. And I think he'll be drafted as a first-rounder in the NFL um, mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. I think I see Jalen Hurts winning it. I think the biggest competition he's got has to be Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. um, up at Clemson. I think if you realize what Trevor Lawrence has done, he kind of hasn't been that Heisman favorite, but he's got plenty of time to work for that, especially in the type yeah. of program he's in mm-hmm. and the coach that he's got as well. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of... Um, room to uh, make up for Trevor Lawrence and you know I I know last week I said that he's got he had a big game and rightfully so he had a big game um mm-hmm. against yep. Syracuse and yeah it's a very very competitive uh, Heisman I mean like I said that not even the other less like Jake Fromm from Georgia's quarterback uh, running back Jonathan Taylor as I mentioned for Wisconsin so there's a lot of good um competition for this um Heisman Andrew and I, we were talking about who would come, who would potentially have a chance for the Heisman like half an hour ago before we came on. We came up with eight guys in a matter of three minutes. That, <laughs> yeah. That's how good this Heisman trophy um, is going to be. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's talk some NFL right now. Um, what a weekend it was. I know. What a weekend. And it's just barren. The- the second week of the yeah, NFL. This is only week two. I know. We have big, huge um, quarterback losses for um, for the respectful uh, franchises. One of them for New Orleans Saints, which Drew Brees um, is out for a pivotal six week with mm-hmm. that hand injury. So yeah, he's going to go with a specialist to mm-hmm. see if he needs surgery or any other procedure he has to go through. And with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Ben um, Rosterberger, he he had an elbow injury um, in the first quarter against the Seattle Seahawks, and he's out for the year. Yep, those are both of our uh, Super Bowl picks, too. I know, and it's like, damn. <laughs> oh. 
Well, there goes my Super Bowl pick. I, I, I hope the other half, the Eagles, um, make it to the to the end. But we'll see. But yeah, it was a very cr- crazy um, second week. On um, that uh, Sunday night football game was pretty wild. You know, with the Eagles and Atlanta at the last pivotal moment. Yep. You know, uh, the Eagles were were fourth and twenty, I believe, and like around their own um, forty yard. And, yeah. And um, Carson Wentz threw up. Threw mm-hmm. a bullet deep to the Atlanta's uh, twenty. Yeah, and something. Oh, I think it was twenty or thirty around there. But mm-hmm. and then they went again for the fourth down, and um, they got the touchdown. They got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Eagles try to you know get a touchdown themselves to win the game since mm-hmm. it was uh twenty twenty four. Atlanta was leading late, and that fourth down for the Eagles they couldn't convert, convert. that mm-hmm. ending and. That was it. Um, and then you had Atlanta going for it a fourth and three. Mm-hmm. That turns into the Julio Jones like fifty yard touchdown. Touchdown! I know he he's he's a little bit older, but dang, he can run it like mm-hmm. like if he was you know still in his uh, early ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now we got a big Monday night football game tonight. Um, the Cleveland Browns going against the Jets um, in about forty five minutes. Um, I got the Browns in this game. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and this is like I believe their first um prime time mm-hmm. um game this year for the Browns. Yeah, there's still gonna be multiple other ones for them this year, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be a very b- big test. And mm-hmm. if the Browns don't win this one, their chances of the playoffs are gonna go very low. I saw in the yep. ESPN they said like if they go zero and two, they'll have a five percent chance to mm-hmm. get into a playoffs. So this is a must win for the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. and for the other team, the Jets. You know, they have uh, uh, Aaron Donald um, out for a couple of we- weeks or indefinitely with um, mono, so that's a big blow for the Jets. Mm-hmm. So and it's the Browns of game to lose, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, OBJ returns to. New York City, not to the Giants, but you know New York City overall. So we're confident enough that the Browns are gonna mm-hmm. win. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last week we made our our first round of picks. Um, we had Andrew picking the Chiefs over the Raiders. Um, that was a good lock pick. Chiefs won twenty eight to ten. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes had a mm-hmm. big game. Yep. Four touchdowns. Big second quarter too. Yeah, four touchdowns and. He was just playing with the Raiders' defense, um, <laughs> mm. defensive coverage all <laughs> game long. Yeah, the uh, my lock pick was the Patriots uh, in Miami. They shut out the Dolphins forty-three to zero. The Patriots um, got thirty-five fantasy points for their defense on special teams. And then uh, my upset picks: um, I had the Colts beating the Titans, which was a success. The Colts went nineteen to seventeen in Tennessee, and you had the Chargers. Uh, losing to the Lions, you had the Lions, yeah, and they went thirteen to ten. So we're both two and zero after the. I know two and zero so far in the season. Yep. Yeah, that Lions and Charger game, I saw it early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Damn, that was a up and down game all game long. It looked like neither team wanted to win in a sense yep. or extend their lead further. But mm-hmm. hey, the Lions showed up. Their defensive unit was able to uh, get an interception. From Philip Rivers at the end of the game and got that W for the Lions. All right, let's go ahead and make our picks for this week. Uh, one of the things that we decided to alter this year was you cannot have the same lock pick from the week before. So, mm-hmm. Andrew, you cannot have the Chiefs and I cannot have the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, Andrew. All right, so for my lock pick, I got the Packers beating the Broncos and the Broncos are going to fall 0 and 3. Uh, last week or this week, the Broncos had a chance to win, but s- bad circumstances happened for them, for them, and they fall all in two. And I think it's gonna be a tough, um, tough uh, trip to go to Lambeau for the Broncos. Yeah. And uh, last year they weren't good in a row, and I think they won't be good in a row in the road. Sorry, uh, against the Packers. The Packers have a very very good defensive unit this year. Last year they had a solid one but this year as you know the returners return on defense i think it's gonna be a big game for the packers uh 
getting a couple of sacks, force uh, turnovers against Joe Flacco, and Aaron Rodgers will have a good game too against the Broncos. So I think Packers will win. Mm-hmm. All right, my lock pick, I got the Dallas Cow- Cowboys um, beating the Miami Dolphins out in Miami. I feel like if there's any game where a team needs an, an a win, like an easy win, it's mm-hmm. this week for the Cowboys. <laughs> Especially it's Miami. I mean, and, oh, my uh, God, they're so – they're bad. <laughs> they might be historically bad. I mean – like we mentioned last week in our show, like they might have a chance to go 0 and 16. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, since, you know, uh, I believe it was in 72 Dolphins that went undefeated somewhere mm-hmm. in, the, in the 70s, they went undefeated, you know, uh, I think it was 16 and 0, or they went undefeated basically. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine when they go, if they go undefeated, uh, well, winless this year, they'll have undefeated season and, and a winless season. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, Hard Rock Stadium, they're hosting the Super Bowl this year, too. I know. <laughs> That's going to be rough. Uh, all right. Upset uh, picks. Yeah, upset picks. Um, For mine, I got the Cardinals getting their first win of the season against the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what's going I don't know what to expect from uh, Cam Newton since, I don't know, he's been very inconsistent. And this is going back from last season as well. Mm-hmm. He's been very up and down. Um, it's a very talented team, the Panthers, with their offensive side and defense side. But I don't know what's going on with Cam Newton. I don't know if it's still, you know, psychological or physical. But he doesn't look, he doesn't look good so far in this season. Yeah. And Kyle Murray and the uh, Cardinals. Um, I know I have my doubts of Kyle Murray as a quarterback, but I think he's gonna have a good game against the Panthers, and they'll get their first W for the Cardinals. And yeah. they've been pretty close in the last two games. You know, mm-hmm. last, you know, this past Sunday, they were pretty close mm-hmm. with the Ravens. And the week before, they were, you know, had a tie with the yeah. Lions. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll get their first win of the mm-hmm. season for the Cardinals. All right, Andrew's got Kyler Murray to get his first NFL win. I've got um, the Saints upsetting the Seahawks in Seattle with or without Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater can come in and, you know, this is his time to prove that um, Sean Payton has a good backup QB during the time that Drew Brees is out with his thumb surgery. And, you know, especially with when you got guys like Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. and guys like that that can produce, you know, those guys, those receivers, the running backs, they're going to want their QB to do just as good as the starter. Yeah, and I can see still um... – the Saints still have a life support, you can say, season since pretty much the Steelers' season's done, their mm-hmm. quarterback is done, their season's done. But I still think there's still a chance that the the Saints can recover um, their season before it's too late. And it's also a, an important um, uh, matchup for the C- uh, Seattle, too. I mean, they won two big games, you know, one with the Bengals and the Steelers this week. So let's see if they continue their uh, success. Mm-hmm. All right. We want to thank all of you for tuning in to Aztec Sportscast here on KCR College Radio. We're about halfway through the show. Um, if you're just tuning in or wanted to hear what we've talked about this past week, maybe this past semester, maybe in the past half an hour, um, head over to our CastBox channel. That's where we post all of our shows so you can listen to them. You can go back and listen to them. Binge, binge listen to them. Um, you can go to castbox.fm, search Aztec Sportscast with Brevin and Andrew, and then when you listen, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and give us a comment. All right, let's talk some baseball right now. Uh, injuries affecting some playoff races right now, especially in the NL Central, NL Wild Card. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Christian Yelich go down on Monday, who was my MVP. Uh, the preseason favorite yet we'll talk about more about that in a sec um anthony rizzo went down the other day um javi Baez is still hurt that whole cubs crew is practically hurt yeah the, their infield is hurt except for chris bryant mm-hmm. but player of the week um you have jordan hicks who's had tommy who went under tommy john surgery for the cardinals um how do all these injuries shake out and for this NL Central, but also the NL Wild Card. Yeah, they all connect together, as you mentioned. Uh, it's going to be a very tough um, 
couple of days since they're winding down for the last days of the baseball season. Um, I think I'll be more concerned with the Milwaukee Brewers since they lost their MVP for the season. You know, a couple of their players are going to try to pick the, um, their feet up and try to see if they can clinch a uh, division title again or a uh, wild card uh, berth. Yeah, the Brewers, they're on the outside looking in. You got the Cardinals on top of the NL Central. The Cubs are two games back um, of the Cardinals, but they ha- have the second wild card spot. And then you got Milwaukee, who's a game back of the Cubs and three games back of the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And you start to think about even in when July 31st came around, the moves that the Brewers didn't make to get starting pitching or to get help where they needed to. And yeah, it's it just um, you know shows that it's important to add players in the deadline. You don't necessarily have to trade to trade, but trade for depth or trade to mm-hmm. improve your team. Mm-hmm. And best example of that is what we saw from the Astros getting Zach Greinke, mm-hmm. as well as um, who's the other one that they got? Um, their fourth starter, but you know things like Aaron that. Sanchez, yeah, yeah, Aaron Sanchez, and the depth that they have at the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. You got Zach Greinke as your number three starter. Yeah, um, and most other clubs, he's the one or the two. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what happens when you got. Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander yeah. competing for the Cy Young mm-hmm. together. All right. Well, let's get back to the National League. Um, you know, from these wildcard contenders, both in the American League and the National League, do any of these teams have a chance to get to the World Series and have a chance to win it all? I don't know. That's going to be tough because last team that uh, did that um, was the 2014 uh, San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a wildcard team. Uh, and they, you know, won it all mm-hmm. in the Game 7 pivotal uh, game against the Kansas City Royals at that year. So uh, if if I had a pick, I think I would go with the, um, I go with the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they have no um, tr- uh, true ace in their staff, but, man, they can pitch very, very good and yep. get some pivotal mm-hmm. hits, but... If I had to give a chance, I would go with the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Rays. What about you? Mm-hmm. I would have to go with probably the Nationals, I Nationals. think. When you've got Steven Strasburg, you've got... Um, Matt Scherzer. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, the free agent that they signed this past offseason. Um, Patrick Corbin. Yeah, Patrick Corbin. The three eyes, you know, you need three eyes to, for the playoffs. Three good starters for the playoffs where you can go... Games one, two, and three, and then you have your one, two, go four and five. Mm-hmm. And the Nationals, they have that. So, like we said, the Astros have that. But in terms of wild card teams, the Nationals have that. The Rays, they're a little bit different because they have the way their pitching is set up. They've got the opener. Mm-hmm. Then you can have Ryan Yarbrough come in, Ryan Stanek come in to give you six innings, and then turn into the bullpen. And also for the Rays, um, one of their key pitchers that sustain an injury um i'm not mistaken uh, uh glass tyler glass now. yeah glass yeah uh-huh he's also um returned from injury uh since he, he uh suffered from that early in the season so um yeah it should be a very competitive uh wild card um race in the next couple of days as we won the end of the baseball season yeah and then you um all that we haven't even mentioned Blake Snell. Exactly. You know, Cy Young last year, who mm-hmm. we said earlier was hurt, had the loose body surgery that he had. He was expected to come back within the next week. And, you know, that's all without saying they're mm-hmm. the, the Cy Young from last year. All right. We were talking about NL and AL MVP discussion. On Monday after our show, Christian Yelich gets, takes a foul ball to the knee and a couple of days later, they say he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. Does that change this NL MVP race? Yeah, it's going to change. It's going to give more first-place votes for Cody, <laughs> Cody Bellinger. Yep. But I, no, uh, joke aside, uh, I think there'll be a couple of votes for um, Anthony Rendon and maybe a couple for Ronald Acuna. But mm-hmm. I think all of the votes will go for 
um, mm-hmm. Bellinger for this case. Does that also open up to a player like, let's say, Patel Marte from the Diamondbacks? I say why not. Mm-hmm. If there's a writer out there that sees that he's worthy of it, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it for it. Yeah. Okay. And then you got the American League. Mike yeah. Trout, uh, first the Angels, their mm-hmm. injuries. Shohei Otani's out for the year yeah. and that knee mm-hmm. surgery. And then you have their icon, their comparable Tony Gwynn, sort of, their mm-hmm. Mr. Angel, uh, Mike Trout. He's down, foot injury. Yeah, out for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Does it? Do you think it's uh, he'll lose votes or he already has his MVP locked in? Locked in? I think the numbers say that he's locked up, but then the, you have the writer's perspective. That, mm-hmm. You know, guys like, you know, All-time Alex Bregman. Writer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You, got, you, you could put Xander Bogarts in that mix. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapman for the mm-hmm. Oakland. Um, Devers, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, MVP, you could even say Justin Verlander or yeah. Derek Cole as True. well. Uh-huh. And that opens up the voting. Yeah, I think he'll win. Uh, Mike Trout will win the MVP, mm-hmm. but I think there'll be other votes, like you mentioned, a couple of those players: Bregman, uh, maybe Justin Verlander, Chapman from the Oakland A's, and um, maybe uh, Bo- uh, Xander Borgers as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead. We'll talk some Padre baseball now. Some news today: um, the Padres did make some moves. Um, Padres get to see Garrett Richards for the first time in action um, since returning from Tommy John surgery. He is starting today in about uh, 10 minutes, 10, yeah, 15 10 minutes, minutes. Uh-huh. in Milwaukee against the Brewers at Miller Park. The Padres, um, as a result of that, transferred left-handed pitcher Adrian Modejón to the 60-day IL. And they also recalled former Rule 5 draft pick Luis Torrens from AA Amarillo, fresh off the double-A championship they're in the Texas League that um, the Sod Poodles got. Yeah, I think uh, for Garrett Richards, I think he'll pitch three innings, um, mm-hmm. maybe give up three or four runs, and that's about it. I think that's that's my expectation mm-hmm. for Garrett Richards, I think, th- pitch three innings. Mm-hmm. I think ideally it's about three to five innings, I would say, that five at the most for him it depends on how well how well his um mm-hmm. arm action ends and how he feels yeah how he feel well. how he feels is the main thing mm-hmm. rather than the numbers and how what he produces mm-hmm. and uh, what uh one that uh does scare me a little bit is that uh you know adrian morajon you know padre's uh top prospect and in, in their system is in a 68 dl and i know it's towards the end of the season but I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, I know he's super young and has a very, very good fastball and very good sweeping curveball. But I wouldn't rule out that they will trade him in the off season or that his name will be discussed mm-hmm. in the off season. Definitely, I think I think most pitchers are going to be in this pottery system are going to be up for trades because you don't need thirteen pitchers mm-hmm. to fill a five six man rotation. Yeah. That, you know, one of these, you know, we'll, let's get started talking about starting pitching, which we've already started pretty much. You talked about Garbagers, Adrian Mode at home, but you think about this core that has been a part of this pitching rotation so far this year. It's been Eric Lauer, Joey Lucchese, Chris Paddock when he was pitching regularly, mm-hmm. and Cal Quantrill. Mm-hmm. Those four. And now, you know, at one point, Cal Quantrill is pitching pretty much what people hope to be as a first round pick, but now he started to get a little fatigue, mm-hmm. get yep. it, show a little bit of signs of, um, mm-hmm. you know, weakness in his, mm-hmm. uh, off speed pitches and fastball. Mm-hmm. Last week, we last week brought up after Chris Paddock finished on Wednesday, people thought he was done. The mm-hmm. Padres haven't said he was done, but is he done? I think. If I'm not mistaken, they announced that he is going to um, pitch in this Milwaukee um, series. Yeah, tomorrow. I think that will be his last game. Mm-hmm. I'll be not too surprised, but a little bit like caught off guard that they're, they'll still continue him to pitch. But mm-hmm. if I had to bet on it, I think Milwaukee will be his um, last game that he pitches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been pin- uh, pitching very good the last mm-hmm. um, 
few starts that he's been pitching. Mm-hmm. 14, Compa- 14 and a third scoreless innings. Mm-hmm. And um, and then sorry, and then the middle of his uh, you know, you no, know, he started off very good, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Paddock, and then towards like in the middle of the season, that's where he started to, uh, get um, get over uh. Well, let me rephrase back. He started to struggle yep. uh, mightily a lot in a lot of the starts. Started to give up a lot of um, home runs, mm-hmm. a lot of hardball ball, hard hits. Mm-hmm. and But now towards the end of the season, the last couple of starts, he's been very excellent. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think, too, you think about where his innings is. He's at 135.2. That's a 50% increase in last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw 90 innings last year, so... Half of 90 is 45, 45, 90, 135. That's about where you want to be, especially coming back from Tommy John, Tommy surgery. John surgery two years ago as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Chris Paddock, I think he's going to want to pitch. Yeah, I think he, he has that mentality. Mm-hmm. No, I want to continue, finish strong, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to, you know, the Padres organization and his uh, family, mm-hmm. especially with his um, brother, um, mm-hmm. Chris Paddock's brother, though, mm-hmm. talk with him and, you know, tell him that he did very good mm-hmm. this year, that they'll look mm-hmm. forward to him to pitch even better next mm-hmm. year as, you know, yeah. we expect them mm-hmm. to be a contending team mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, I think it's always tough on an organization to tell someone to stop pitching for the rest of the year. I mm-hmm. mean... They've already gone through that with Tatis. Yeah. And now you got to tell your other top prospect pretty much the same thing. And and that's because we want to see Chris Paddock not just pitch tomorrow, but we want to see him pitch in a potter uniform for the next 8, 10 years. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right. Then you've got Eric Lauer and Joy Lucchese. And I think one of those two are going to be traded this offseason, mm-hmm. I think. One of them stays. Yeah, I think one of them will be traded. Mm-hmm this offseason but um it's been an up and down for both of them especially um eric lauer you know this year he i feel like he's been pitching a lot in course field a lot and <laughs> it's been a nightmare seeing him you know getting hammered at course field why does he have to pitch at course field i don't know it just happens that he gets to pitch there every time when i watch the game every time i see him pitch at course field and it doesn't end very well. How come they don't map out for Eric Lauer to throw not at Coors Field? I don't know. That's that's the manager's <laughs> uh, move that he has to do yeah. that. But hey, he pitches in mm-hmm. and and Coors yeah. Field and doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. And then you got Joe Lucchese, who also got rocked in Coors Field this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And then you think, you know, between those two, you know, who would you take? I would take Joey Lucchese mm-hmm. in this one. I think one of one of them two will be the back end in the rotation coming mm-hmm. next year. Um, you know, Joey Lucchese has had a couple of good bright spots moments. Some of the moments have not been very good as well. But just because of his um, tenacity and his uh, pitch ability of mm-hmm. how he pitches... Compared to Eric Lauer, he has Eric Lauer has a good uh, curveball and and decent fastball, but I feel like Joey Lucchese has a better mm-hmm. um, pitching wise. Yeah, he pitches better than Eric mm-hmm. Lauer. That's basically mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And then you've got um, a player that's come back here in 2019. You've got Denelson Lamette, and how well you know he's gotten. You know, his first off when he came back in July was. How is he feeling? And then eventually it's turned him loose to make sure he could throw six, seven solid innings to get it to Andres Munoz and Kirby Yates in the bullpen. Yeah, I think at the end of BL, I feel like, then. well, this is my opinion. I, I feel like the Nelson Lamette should go to the bullpen and be a lights out eight inning setup man or eight uh, or closer um, in case, I don't know, if they trade um, Kirby Yates in offseason. That's just me. Uh, just throwing it like if this, something's going to happen. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll still have the Nelson Lamette pitch as a starter mm-hmm. coming this year. Yeah, we've talked about Gary Richards. 
And then you also have on the back end, you know, guys that have started a couple games, started a few games. You have Nick Margaviches, you know, Ronald Bolaños, uh, even Pedro Vila in that discussion as well. Isn't uh, Pedro Vila going to have Tommy John surgery, I believe? I or think so. I think he's out <laughs> for the whole entire year. Yeah. I think when... Now let's get into relief pitching. You've got Matt Strom, who's pretty much a lock in the bullpen for next year. Yeah. Um, Kirby Yates, obviously. Maybe, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His contract expires in 2021. Mm-hmm. You have Craig Stammen, uh, but he'll be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, but he's Craig Stammen's done a nice job teaching the young guys of how to be in the bullpen. Yeah, and I think I don't, I don't think Craig Stammen's gonna come, come back next year. Mm-hmm. I think he did this year fine for this year, but I think they're gonna mm-hmm. have someone else take his spot. Yeah, in the bullpen, mm-hmm. and that person is Andres Munoz. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Munoz, damn, he has an electric arm and a nasty slider, but mm-hmm. the only thing I worry about is just his... Um, control. Control and his um, mechanics. Mm-hmm. If you ever seen him, he throws very yep. aggressively and wildly. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, good thing he's a reliever, not a starter, but if he can f- tweak a little bit of his um, delivery, I think he'll be fine in the long term, but that's the only concern I have for him is his control and his um his uh, mechanics. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Michelle Baez. Mm-hmm. Supposedly you've got Trey Wiginter in the bullpen, um, Eric Bednard, um, and a bunch of other guys that have come on. You know how many of them are in the bullpen next year? I think all of them can be there. Mm-hmm. I think if if knowing the Padres, um by their bullpen, there's never been a moment that they spend ten million or more from a from a relief pitcher ever in free agency. They've always acquired their relievers from you know trades or a free agent signing, but at the low cost or a waiver wire. Yep. So I I think um, all of them can be here at the uh, bullpen coming next week with um, Michelle Baez, Trey, and um, Eric. And then. You know, you think about this free agency market that you talked about that we have coming up, you know, and starting pitching mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like Steven Strasburg might be on the market, Garrett Cole, Madison Bumgarner. Do any of them, are any of them could possibly wear a Padre jersey come next year? I think they should be uh, targeting um, Garrett Cole aggressively this mm-hmm. um, season. I feel like they need to because I know Chris Pack has been very, very good and excellent this year, but he's still a little bit on the you know learning curve. Um, you're still gonna wait for well, it depends. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Mackenzie Gore makes it to the starting uh, rotation, but he'll probably be in a very strict limit uh, innings limit. Uh, but I think uh, they sh- the Padres should um, you know target. Uh, th- Garrett Cole and go after him. You know, I I I feel like the battles of who the Padres go after is going to be Cole, or it's going to be Strasburg. Yeah, the guy that went to West Hills High School just a few minutes away from here, an Aztec who played under Tony Gwynn, who pitched under Tony Gwynn, and was drafted number one mm-hmm. overall. And that's who I feel like the battles can be going to be between. When you think about starting pitching, and especially when you realize how next year's the start of contention heading into 2020. Mm-hmm. Or they can go, if there's no interest, I guess, for the free agent market, um, or they can go to the trading route. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And pretty much most guys would be open. Yeah, almost everyone. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Norris Syndergaard. Yeah. Um. Who else will be open? Um, can't think. Can't name one on top of my head. Maybe I don't know. Uh, one of the well, well, Noah Sundergaard is the only one I can mm-hmm. cut from my head since they've been always linked to him. This Marcus whole, Stroman. Marcus Stroman. Well, he's in the New York Mets. Yeah. And it depends if they want to sell the Mets, but mm-hmm. 
I def the one that pops in my head right away is um Noah Syndergaard since they've been mm -hmm. linked to them the yeah. whole entire year. You could put maybe the Rays is Blake Snell. That's true. Yeah. If the Rays want to let go of him, but... uh huh. Buy buy low of him. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see. You know, also in that bullpen, you've got guys like Gerardo Reyes, Carl Edwards Jr. You know, he's on the DL though. Padres acquired him back in July. Um. You know, and then you got starters like Jacob Nix. Could does he Could make, make a, a chance? Well, coming this um spring training, I I think every rotation spot will be open. Mm -hmm. Depending of course, you know, with free agency signings and trades and all that, but I think everybody has an opening spot in the rotation and the bullpen. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about twenty twenty and where it, this year and where it leads to next year, you know, they have, like we saw Tatis Jr. You've got Manny Machado, mm -hmm, Eric Hosmer, but then you also got guys that have been with this team for the last four years, like Will Myers. How important is it, like, for Will Myers to play well in these next three weeks if he wants to continue being a Padre? I think it's going to be opposite. Instead of him showing that, hey, I can still play, uh, full-time baseball for the San Diego Padres, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they'll tr the Padres will try to move um, Will Myers' in big contract mm -hmm. because yes. it's going to be very tight. Mm -hmm. Because let's say if they do want to get a Steven Strasburg or a, a Garrett Cole, mm -hmm. that's going to be very tight to have mm -hmm. big loaded of contracts like mm -hmm. Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, uh, Will Myers, and uh, mm -hmm. Ace. That's going to be very hard mm -hmm. to uh, have in the very uh pivotal pipe uh mm -hmm. sorry payroll so mm -hmm. i think if the strategy is targeting an ace in the free agent market i think it'll be strategic to trade will myers contract to a team and go um for the ace starting pitcher mm -hmm. in the free agent market yeah and then also you think about will myers he's jumping up to 21 million dollars next year as well you know also you know like I said earlier, Padres brought up Luis Torrens, part of the AA Amarillo sod pools, who won the Texas League Championship for the fifth. Um, in that fifth and final game, they came back and won. Um, they were down pretty much 0-2, came back to win games 3, 4, and 5. And pretty much what topped it off is with two outs in that ninth inning and the bases loaded, you have to go back to what we talked about back in July of Taylor Trammell getting... Um, picked up via trade for the Padres. He hits a go-ahead grand slam in the ninth inning with two outs. Yeah, that was insane. That um, video I saw uh, yet uh, two days ago. It was very um, exciting, very energetic. Seeing uh, Taylor Trammell, you know, mm -hmm. go to those bases, very uh, tracky loaded, and mm -hmm. it was just very uh, pivotal moment for him. And it was a very uh, exciting mm -hmm. thing to see from um, Taylor. And I, ex I think he's going to be a very uh, key piece coming mid-season, coming up. Next year. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about that outfield with Margot, Renfro, and then you got left field up for grabs. You got Josh Naylor has an opportunity. Nick Martini has um, auditioned pretty well. You would say tr um, Taylor Trammell is also in that discussion. You know, Travis Jankowski... Franchi Cordero would back up Margot. You know, who 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 would play left field come opening day? I think it's a wait and see thing. I think mm -hmm. we have plenty to talk about this whole Padre roster. So uh I would have to get back with you with that one. But mm -hmm. I mean those are uh candidates that you mentioned um that ha have a opportunity to still be with this Padre team mm -hmm. and contend for uh 2020 so we'll see it's a wait and see moment for uh the outfield mm -hmm. oh by the way uh garrett richards got through that first inning pretty easy inning um uh, for garrett richards um got through it three outs um Padres are at in that top of the second inning right now um yeah the score is zero zero mm -hmm. will myers is up right now um Oh, two strikeouts for Richards. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I've been, 
when I've been going to these pottery games, like when the pottery don't take BP, Garrett Richards out there throwing. Oh, uh, is he always throwing? Yeah. Oh wow. He's been throwing his flat ground, <laughs> bullpens, and things like that as well. Um, so it looks like Garrett Richards seemed ready. Just hopefully that shoulder. Is yeah, good nothing to go. too drastic happens to his shoulder or arm or anything part of his whole entire arm repertoire. Um, I don't want to end this in a sour note, but but uh, this year for the Padres in the right um. Uh, against right-handed pitching, uh, they have a slash line of 338, on-base percentage of 304, with a slugging percentage 441, WRC plus of 86, with a uh, strikeout rate of 26. So if one thing, another thing that should improve is the hitting against right-handed pitching next year. It just should be hitting in general. You know, your OBP should, you know, you look at teams that are, you know, like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, you know, like the Astros, their their on base percentage as a team is close to three fifty. Yeah, way above the average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their team batting average is about two seventy, two eighty, and you know it helps when you have guys that can hit the ball at all nine positions. You know, you're hoping Luis Urias can get to that, Austin Hedges can get to that. You know, at the bottom of your lineup, you know. You're going to get the spurts from Renfro and Marco. You're going to get that consistently from Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado, Tatis at the top of the lineup. But it's all about how well the, the this team can consistently hit throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And we'll see it next year. Mm-hmm. All right. We want to thank all of you for tuning in to Aztec Sportscast here on KCR College Radio, the award-winning Sound Estate. We've had a great show. We've talked lot about our Padres, especially with the pitching, mm-hmm. um, starting rotation and the bullpen. We've talked about our Aztec football team as they get set to take on Utah State um, this Saturday against or at SDCCU Stadium beginning at 730. Um, you know, we've talked about their, the win that they had this past week out in New Mexico, taking on the Aggies. Um, made our college football picks, made our NFL picks, and Anything else to Andrew? No, you hit it all. Yep. All right, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.